Ready or not, here I come. You remember shouting that? Last time you played hide and seek, whether that was five days or five decades ago, you, you remember how it goes, right? You close your eyes and you count to whatever number that your game had determined. And while you're counting, your friends are, are hiding. They're getting ready so that you won't be able to find them. So the game can be played, right? And, and, and then when you get to the number, you, you open up your eyes and you shout, ready or not, here I come. And, and that means... It's time for the fun, right? They better be ready so that we can play this, this fun game. Ready or not, here I come. It rings a little differently when we hear Jesus, the Lord of the universe, saying that. We're here at the last day of the church year as next week we start Advent and we begin in this cycle all over again, you know, from Jesus' birth through his life to his death and then the second half of the year, his teachings and so as we're going through the teachings and each year we cover a different gospel, this year we're, we're going through the gospel of Luke and we get to these Sundays at the end and the teachings of Jesus that we're talking about are the ones that talk about the end. What happens when we die? What happens when, when Jesus comes back? And so, of course, the other readings tie into that message, the teaching that Jesus is doing in the gospel. Remember this from, from the Habakkuk reading this morning? The revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Or how about this message from Jesus himself in Revelation? The, the Alpha and the Omega speaks and says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Ready or not, here I come. In our gospel today, Jesus teaches us how important it is to be ready and then, then how good it will be for us when we are ready. <clears throat> ready or not, here I come. I don't know if it's just the, the change in weather or the fact that people have met their deductibles, but, but it seems that recently here, there have been a lot of people going in for surgery, which means I've had a bunch of opportunities to have devotions and prayers with people who are going in for surgery. And, and that's a good thing, please. I mean, I, I love that. It's why I'm here, to be able to share God's word and, and give some comfort from his promises and, and maybe take away some of your stress because, because God can handle your stress way better than you can. So please, if you're going in for surgery, anything like that, give me a call. I'd love to do that. But anyway, it seems like that's been happening a lot here lately. And, and one of them happened right in the middle of my text study for this sermon, this section of scripture. So, so these thoughts are going through my mind as I'm having this devotion and, and talking about you know, God's promises and, and, and who God is and, and, and what he does for us. And, and, and the lady that I was having the devotion with was, was going in for a pretty serious surgery. And she said something that put this thought in my mind. What if this is the last time I see this person alive? What if this is the last thing I, I get to say to her? What if it's just about the last thing she hears? Now, I did not say that out loud because I didn't think that would be good for her stress level. But 
I will say that it probably made my devotion a little bit longer. You know, because I wanted to make sure that I did not miss anything, that I gave all of the comfort God's word has, of, of, of the certainty that we can have because of what God has done for us. What would you say if you knew you were talking to someone for the last time before they died? Now, she didn't die. God protected her through the surgery. Everything went well. She's recovering nicely. But, but what would you say? So now think about this. Every conversation you have with someone, every interaction you have could be the last time that you get to talk to them, the last interaction you have with them before they die or before Jesus comes back and it's all done. So what does that do? This could be the last thing you do. This could be the last thing you hear before you hear the trumpets and Jesus is upon us and it's all over. So how does that realization change things? It means we want to be ready, right? This isn't some child's play game where if we're not ready, well, we get found and we have to wait out until the next round starts. No, this is eternity we're talking about. And Jesus uses some really clear, really common pictures of everyday life in in a, a household of Jesus' day to help illustrate this. And there's a couple of different things in there. Right at the end, he talks about the burglar, right? <clears throat> he says, if you knew at what time the thief was coming to, uh, to, to rob you, well, you wouldn't let it happen, right? If, if you knew for certain that at 11.30 p.m. tonight, there was a thief coming to try to break in and steal all your stuff, you'd do something about that, right? You might call the police, You'd make sure your doors were all locked. You'd check all the video monitoring equipment, whatever. You might have some friends over to to make sure that that you had some some help and protection in this. But you would not let that person rob you, right? You would be ready. That's That's just common sense. So apply it. Jesus is coming soon. So let's be ready, right? So what does that look like, being ready? For Jesus to return. I have a feeling that a minute ago when I asked you to think about every conversation and interaction that you've had with people as possibly being the last one, I have a feeling that maybe there was a thought or two in in your own head and heart that, that I haven't always acted like Jesus was coming soon. You know, Each time you you speak a harsh word to your spouse or ignore them, you you lash out in frustration at your kid or or, or you dismiss them, would you really want that to be your last memory of them? No. When you're fuming with anger over someone or or, or sharing gossip uh, about someone, I mean, imagine what would happen is is as as you're spewing out this anger or telling this bad stuff about the person, you find out they're dead. Ooh. If we lived like Jesus was coming soon, like this could be the last thing, I have a feeling that we would be a little bit kinder and maybe a, a little bit more generous. And if we realize that every time we have failed at that, 
every sin is a sin against our coming Lord, well then his call of ready or not, here I come, sounds a whole lot more like a threat than a promise of fun. And honestly, it should. We deserve him to come in judgment and destroy us. But, but you look at our text and that's not how he describes it, is it? I mean, there are some places in Scripture where Jesus does talk about the warning side of this, right? Remember his, his story of the, of the ten bridesmaids, the ten virgins, right? Five of them were wise, five were foolish, five were ready, five weren't. And he said those ready ones, those were the believers. And when the bridegroom came, they got to go into the wedding banquet, heaven, right? And, and, and the, the not ready ones, those were the unbelievers. And, and they were cast out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, there, there's some warning side to all of this, but, but that is not the message that Jesus is focusing on for you here today. When he says, ready or not, here I come, he tells us to be ready because of how awesome it's going to be for us. Uh, Look at the parable here. He says it's like servants waiting for their master to get home from a wedding banquet, right? And this was something that every listener of his could have imagined, right? The, the, the master goes to the wedding banquet and he tells them, I'll be getting back at night. Uh, but they don't know exactly when. It could be the second watch or the third watch, you know, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., who knows? But he tells them, you've got one job. Be ready. So then when I get home, you can open the house for me, right? So I, I can get in and, and, you know, you can be servants, right? Because that's what they were. And, and, I mean, you think about it. The master had done everything for them. He had given them everything they had. He f- gave them their food and their clothes and their shelter and their protection. And, and they had one job, right? They were, they were the servants. And, and, and that made sense and everybody got that, right? So, so, so the master saying, be ready, well, that was a, a normal thing, right? And, and it, it'd be good for them to be ready so that when he comes, he doesn't have to stand there outside calling, trying to wake someone up so that they can unlock the place for him. So it's a parable that Jesus is teaching with the spiritual meaning. So where are you in this parable? I think this one's pretty easy, right? We know who the master is. It's Jesus. That makes us the servants. And Jesus says, okay, be ready. You don't know exactly when I'm going to be back, but be ready. And, and when you think about how God has given us everything, Right? Our, our life, our health, our strength, our skills, our opportunity, all that we have and all that we are, God has, our master has given that to us. So it's fair of him to, it's fair for him to expect us to be ready for him, right? But you know how in Jesus' parables, there's, Usually a lot that is exactly what people expect, right? It's a normal, everyday story. But then there's one thing that uh, is weird, right? One thing that doesn't go as you would expect, that kind of blows the mind of the hearers. And that's usually the lesson that Jesus is teaching, showing us how, how the way God does things is a little bit different than the way we do things. So, so we've got everything so far that's been totally normal and totally what everyone would expect. But did you catch the thing that blows our mind? Every sensible listener of Jesus would have expected that when the master did get home and the servants were ready, which they're supposed to be, which is the normal, right? And, and, and they opened up the house for him. They would have expected... 
that the servants would probably have, you know, taken his coat and had him sit down and maybe washed his feet and, and gotten something to drink and maybe something to eat if the journey from the, the banquet was long. I mean, that, that makes sense. That's what we would have expected. But did you notice that's not what he said? Let me read verse 37 again. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. Wait, what? The master will literally gird his loins. He'll tie up that, that, that heavy outer garment so that his feet are free to move. And then the master will serve them. He'll have them recline at the table, and he will serve them. What? But that's exactly what Jesus says, and and I'm sure that was the reaction of any of the hearers. What are you talking about? But when Jesus says, ready or not, here I come. That's what he's coming to do. To serve us. And and, and that blows our minds, but, but then it shouldn't really surprise us. Because we know who our master is. Right? That's what he does. I mean, think about it. Jesus, true God from all eternity, was born of a peasant. He, he served his sinful mom and dad, obeyed them. He put himself under the law for us. And he kept it perfectly. He served our sentence, being arrested and beaten and mocked and stripped and killed because that's what we deserved. The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. And then, of course, he rose from the dead proving that his service of us was complete that, that we get the reward that, that he won, that, that, that we now have the privilege of living for him. And, and that's where we're at in the timeline now, right? The, the living for him. And even though we so often fail at being ready, at living like Jesus is really coming soon, even though we so often find ourselves on the not side of the ready or not, still he comes to serve us. He's doing it right now with his word. As he serves you with his promises of forgiveness and his calls to repent and be ready. He served each of you individually in the sacrament of holy baptism as he washed your sins away and placed his name on yours. He serves us in the sacrament of the altar, giving his own body and blood for our forgiveness. The master comes to serve. He has us recline at the table so that he can serve us. That's the one that's coming. That's what he does. So praise God that that ready we are, here he comes in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed printed on page 12. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. 
We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. We pray. Almighty God, your day of glory is coming and you give us confidence. We know Christ will come to bring us with him forever. As we draw ever closer to your son's return, give us eager and ready hearts for that day. Help us to encourage one another all the more as we see it approaching and to number our days aright. May the word we've heard today strengthen our faith as we wait with our lamps burning. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity you've given our church to conduct a new worship service for those with special needs in our community. We thank you especially for the about 25 souls who were fed by your gospel at the most recent service this past Tuesday. Give us wisdom, ability, patience, and resources to reflect your gentle compassion in all we do. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, maker of all things, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living creature. In this Thanksgiving season, we especially praise you for crowning the fields with your blessings and enabling us once more to gather in the fruits of the earth. Teach us to use your gifts carefully, that our land may continue to yield its increase. Lord, in your mercy. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we now give to the Lord our offerings in response to his word. And also, we'll be passing around the friendship registers. We ask you to please fill that out as we do what God has called us to do, to encourage one another to love and good deeds.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who preserves his church to the end of time, when he will come again as king to judge all people and take his own to glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. <laughs> 